and welcome to Court Games, a Legend of the Five Rings podcast, funded by the Legend of the Five Rings Discord Patreon community. This podcast will focus on the role-playing game stories and lore for Legend of the Five Rings. I'm Korva. And I'm Kikita Kaori. What do we got today? This week we are going to be looking over the new fiction, The Villain's Mask by Mary Murdoch. However, we are going to start with some news. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Right now, uh, L5R, Legend of the Five Rings, is up on Foundry, and it is up in English, so you can go check it out. Last time we talked about that they had brought it up in French, but now it's in English, and we will have some links to the Foundry community in our show notes, but the main Foundry website is uh, HTTPS colon front slash front slash foundry vtt f-o-u-n-d-r-y v-t-t dot com we also have night parade of a hundred demons by mary brennan the latest legend of five rings novel from aconite press that is coming out well as of this recording tomorrow but that'll so it'll almost certainly be out and ready for you to buy on february the 2nd which will be in the past by the time you hear this i should think so you should all stampede out and buy it because it's awfully good. It is. It's just It's just really good. And in one of our previous episodes, we had a, a lovely interview with Marie about her book. So uh, you can check that out. Yes, sure. But today we're talking about The Villain's Mask um, by Mari Murdoch. Uh, in this story, uh, Bayushi Shoju begins his plan to become the villain of the Empire – to unite the clans against him and the Shadowlands by basically putting himself in front of the Shadowlands parade, uh, wherever it might be going. Stay, he is staying at a lion shrine, and he meets with Ikoma Ujiaki and uses Ujiaki's insecurities against him to plan a coup against Kakita Yoshi. Then the lion and scorpion forces within the city unite to take the capital by force. And Shoju tells Miramoto Retsugu that he has the backing of the Shadowlands to do it. And then Shoju retakes the throne of Rokugan. Yeah, so it's all happening. Lots of stuff happening. Uh, should, we, should we just go straight on to Lord Malagutz? I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. <laughs> do do yeah, edit sure. me out, ask me. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... <laughs> A bunch of stuff happened, so we're going to head on to our lore nuggets. One of the, the biggest things is what else is going on in the Empire, because Hida Kisada had sent a letter from the Watchtower of Sun's Shadow detailing that it's all gone horribly wrong. So <laughs> mentioning the Ninth Watchtower, which had fallen to the Shadowlands and was reclaimed by Yasuki Oguri and Kudaka in the Sea and Sun's Shadow. And which means that Shoju has probably learnt that, at least in some sense, the Shadowlands has been coordinated. There are hundreds dead, parts of the wall are at the point of collapse, and Kisada himself mentioned that he's about, essentially, maybe it's heaven's will that the Shadowlands rise, which honestly sounds to me like a, a bit like a reference to the old 5R thing where the crab actually... Uh, allied with the Shadowlands, so that was an interesting. Um, that's an interesting little. It, it's it's kind of like a little hint, like a, <laughs> like a like an echo. As well, a, we shall see. I yeah. mean, it certainly sounds like Casada was is is definitely on the brink of despair. Yes, um, yes. Which is not where you want the crab to be. I mean, the whole point of the crab is that 
they keep getting knocked down and they get up again. I mean, this endurance in the face of failure is the very definition of the crab. And if they are at the point of, of despair, if Casada is the point of thinking this, um, this is not a good good place for the empire to be is not a place good place for anybody because the crab are about to give up and uh and so that's really really sad which is which is another that's another thing which is giving fuel to this this makes shoju's plan make a little bit more sense because this is why he i can see him saying no 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 we have to get everyone thinking about the shadowlands and and uniting everyone and i can this this gives more impetus this is why this must be done now and in such an extreme way and i think this that, that mm-hmm. kind of like solidified they had a, a little bit of discussion in there uh not discussion they have showed you thinking about how it feels not to be wearing his mask and i kind of i just really liked that that detail that you know scorpions would basically feel feel naked and itchy and exposed and stuff when they're not not wearing their mask um just because you're wearing it all the time <laughs> but, but, but in a weird way although although he feels exposed he knows that technically speaking he is less likely to be recognized without it which is yes I, I just a really interesting weird thing it's like i i'm showing my face and that feels really weird. Like now everyone can see me, but at the same time, I know that that actually means fewer people could see me. But that doesn't feel like that. Oh, I, I think that's really cool and interesting. Yeah, I just love that detail. We do have, as you said, the general report of of the empire. So uh, this is kind of a nice summary in there of everything that is is going wrong because it, it, it's a lot. Uh, we have the losses at the Caillou Wall that you described, right? <laughs> uh, Unicorn and Phoenix are feuding because Daisetsu's gone missing with Shahai. Right. So that means that that, which was always kind of like irritated about Mishoto, uh, the Phoenix blamed the Unicorn for Mishoto and thought Mishoto was going to do very bad things. But now it's it's bloomed into something even greater because Shahai has gone missing with the air. I, I do see want, yeah I do do the Phoenix do the Phoenix know that the wards around the Imperial Palace were broken by Mei Shodo? I because like we think something bad might happen because of Mei Shodo, and well they were right. <laughs> well the Kami were missing. I mean mm. the Sapoon Hidden Guards certainly know that Mei Shodo messed with the wards. Yeah, if I would not be surprised if the Phoenix know. I don't think we've gotten anything that that said that. But if you're a spoon hidden guard and you're asking for, you know, expert crime scene analysis, the Phoenix are in fact the ones you would go and have figure out what was wrong with the wards. So mm. let's see. Um, we do have him saying that thousands of civilian casualties and food shortages were due to the Lion Unicorn War. So this is this is starting to have really serious blowback, serious casualties. Yeah, yeah, it's not it, these aren't little skirmishes without, you know, too many civilians. There's there's mass slaughtering of civilians going on here. Yeah, I think I think this is the thing where it's not so much the thousand years of peace per se, but very clearly there really hasn't been a proper war. And I think even even the stuff with the Osari planes honestly hasn't come to this kind of level 
and they, there is there is an impression that the Rokugan as a whole has kind of forgotten what real war can be like. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of in the in the story in the box set. Uh, the original core box set where Kuan and, um, gets captured by a lion force. We kind of see how, um, just, a, just a little hint of how, uh, in general, in peacetime, wars do have their civilian casualties. And that's what happens is that a unit, an attacking unit will take a village. And but it would only really kill the villagers, or the villagers would only really resist, um, you know, if the villagers don't don't do what they're told. Basically, Masasuko is really mad at these Ronin for killing the villagers. It's kind of the villagers just like keep their heads down, do whatever they're told by whatever samurai is is telling them to do it, and uh, the exception, of course, being. Um, what we saw in uh, Cold Harvest, which is now you're talking about attacking tax villages, which aren't supposed to be attacked. And now the villagers have an obligation to defend those taxes or they will die because they haven't turned over those taxes. And that's 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 the escalation that I think is And that's happening. the escalation, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there's a certain amount of, oh, we'd, we'd kind of forgotten that that's how things actually are with our almost ritualistic skirmishes that we have. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. oh dear. So that's going to be... And, and that ritualistic, those, those, those smaller skirmishes is pretty traditional for the times of not full-out war in, mm. in Japan. Yeah. So and Speaking of that kind of thing, the, the whole fall of Kyuden Kakita is also that kind of escalation, that kind of, now we're, now we're really having serious wars here. And so... The fall of Kyun Kakita, the crane demanding revenge, and that's leading to changes in Yoshi's regency, which Shoju is seeing as signs of Yoshi abusing his powers. Right, by favoring the crane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and just behaving badly and, and you know, that's just gonna cause even more problems going forwards. Because if they're very clearly if he's Yoshi is very clearly partisan, then confidence in the whole imperial system begins to shake, and that's not. Good. Mm-hmm. So uh, the current situation in the city, uh, as Shoju sees it, is that there's a there's a manhunt going on throughout the city, looking for Shoju, and the Scorpion uh, are either being. Uh, sheltered in the guest estates, which have been searched lots and lots of times looking for Shoju, or um, the scorpion that are in the Imperial Guard are being imprisoned in the gatehouses by the lion. So it's important to remember that for the Imperial Guard, this is the Emperor's own troops. Uh, They report to the Emerald Champion when there's an Emerald Champion. Um, They... In this case, they are obviously stationed in the city along with the um, dragon keeping keeping the peace. Um, and I think that they normally are. Uh, the Imperial Guard are a mixed clan troop. So it has forces from every clan. But the vast majority of the troops 
are lion because of them being the disciplined soldiers that they are. So the lion have basically taken the scorpion and imprisoned them in the gatehouses because, you know, they might be allied with shoju, but the lion are there able to release them against the rest of the imperial troops, which could, could no way stand against the lion and the scorpion together. That's just the lion are too many. Moving ahead from the current state affairs in the empire, some general little law nuggets that are around. There's mention of the the cleanliness of the shrine and the importance of keeping it clean, washing your hands, purification in the shrine that showed you staying at, which ironically is a lion shrine. It was one of those last places you'd expect to look. Obviously, that's set up by Ujiaki, but that, that was a nice little detail. Right. So cleanliness is very important in, in Shinto, too. So, you know, that's sort of our, our mirror. Uh, they talk about the 10 strikes of the sting kata that Shoju practices. So it's always fun to learn another kata name. So there's yep. another kata. Yep. Um, there's mention of there's a very detailed description of Shoju shin, sitting down on his knees, you know, back on his heels, which is pretty much sitting seiza, which is the standard traditional way of sitting in Japan and thus Rokugan. Although it was actually historically during the Sengoku Jidai when a lot of people were wearing armor, and in fact even before then in the Muromachi and Kamakura periods, the traditional way of sitting was actually more likely to be cross-legged on the floor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you were wearing armor, and especially you were wearing shin guards, you didn't want to be kneeling on those, that would be sore and will probably wreck your floor as well. So it's a way of sitting. So, I mean, I have to say, in, in my personal private rock again, the lion tend to sit cross-legged because, in theory, they're always ready for war and they could be wearing armor at any time, even if they're not right now, but they could be. Mm-hmm. Whereas the crane and us, the scorpion, tend to do Caesar because that's more the... This is a time of peace. Why would we bury you wearing armor? Don't be ridiculous. We're all friends here, aren't we? The sitting in Caesar position uh, is believed to have developed because it is such a, a humble position. I mean, it's considered a sign of humility and respect to sit in Caesar, um, as opposed to other ways, which is more, which takes up more space, is not as quick to be able to bow you know, to go straight to a bow from a sit. Like, if you're sitting cross-legged or even in a chair, you have to take multiple steps to bow, whereas if you're sitting in Seiza, you can just Yeah, I mean, you, you can you can bow from, from cross-legged, but it's difficult to go all the way to the ground if you suddenly right. need to. So I really enjoy this wasn't really a lore nugget, but I really enjoyed the imagery that Mari Murdoch used in this story where she he has... Um, showed you sitting in front of a cheap oil lamp and um, the shadows are, f- are flickering and, and showing, you know, a scorpion tail and wings and horns and, you know, basically making the shadow of, of shoju into a monster on the wall as this um, oil lamp flickers. I, I thought that was really powerful imagery. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really like that as well. The kind of oil lamp tends to be literally just a shallow dish with oil in it, uh, like rapeseed oil 
if you're not poor, and sardine oil if you are. And you literally just have a dish and you have a wick laid in the dish and that's what you light. And that's about as high tech as it gets. Right. Sometimes you have a paper shade to Yes, yes, to kind of diffuse it. But I don't think so in this case, because you wouldn't you wouldn't get that shadow. So this is just going to be a dish of oil with a with a wick to casting that very distinct shadow on the wall. But yeah. So yeah. In the story, uh, it mentions that Matsusuko is slain in the explosion of Kuten Kikita. But that's Ujiaki saying that. And he is in a position where he wants that to be the case due to his own, you know, insecurities. He he wants to believe that she's she's gone, that he has to take up the the reins. So he he doesn't necessarily know. Uh, for a fact that Matsusuko is dead or not, and and we we don't either. Um, I've done a kind of breakdown of the timeline for the last month because so many things are happening pretty quickly. It's not it's not the death of the emperor all in twenty four hours thing, but it's still pretty pretty been pretty crazy uh, month, and it's about this event happens about eight days after the explosion of Kuten Kikita. So it's perfectly reasonable, even if Matsusuko isn't dead, that Ujiaki doesn't know it yet. No, I mean, it's it's actually extremely likely that nobody knows, but the, the palace went boom. And these are all the people we managed to get out that we can account for. So, well, if she's not here, she's probably in the bit of the palace that went boom, so she must be dead. That's a perfectly reasonable conclusion to come to, but technically we don't know. Um, maybe she's just kind of got team rocketed into the sky and she hasn't landed yet. <laughs> I have to admit, that is the image. <laughs> so Ujiaki takes over the Imperial Legions at one point, which is an interesting kind of bit of law because the Imperial Legions look to the Emerald Champion. But there isn't an Emerald Champion. Generally, that would mean that they would then look to the Ruby Champion. But there isn't a Ruby Champion either because they both resigned on the same day. So who does control it? Well, in the past, the Lion Clan Champion can do it, which means that Ujiaki taking command of the Legions is him claiming the Lion Clan Championship. Admittedly, there's historical precedent for doing this at random intervals and just saying, I'm champion! Uh, but it's that's still a bit of a, a bit of a reach, and it might be interesting to see whether the rest of the Lion Clan agrees with it. Mm-hmm. We shall see. I thought it might be handy to kind of talk through how this fight occurs because I think it's interesting. And just last last week we were talking about um, the city of Odasan Uchi and how the city of Odasan Uchi is is laid out. So what happens in in this fight? is that Shoju sets a fire and an attack on the north side of the Forbidden City, which is in the Hito district. Uh, the unicorn built the north wall, and that district is primarily run by lion and u- unicorns. So Shoju has Scorpion set a fire and attack that side of the Forbidden City. I, I do wonder how well... Uh, things are going in the Hito province with Lion and the Unicorn trying to run the place while their clans are at war. But um, 
Well, that's no longer an issue because it's on fire now. All right. So then it mentions in the story that unicorn samurai and fire brigades are being slaughtered by the scorpion and uh, the Sapoon and the scorpion are attacking the palace from that district as um, because the unicorn keep that district. Of course, they would you know, be the ones getting killed there, unfortunately. Now, that all attack on the north gate is, is a distraction for Sapoon Ishikawa. So in the meanwhile, the land troops are gathered in Kanjo district, which is the south of the Forbidden City. Um, they are in the East Lion Embassy, which is also called Kanshi Hito, and it's near the southern city gate. So the lion have two embassies, one in Hito district and one in Kanjo district, because they are the keeper of the gates. There's a north gate and the south gate, and the scorpion are attacking the north gate. So the lion have accumulated at the south city gates. Hitomi takes all of her forces, which are distributed all over the rest of the city, to try and protect the north gate. And all of the forces that are in the south half of the city are coming up through that southern city gate. Basically, they all pile into Kanjo District to basically go around the Forbidden City and go fight the scorpion at the north gate. And what Ujiaki does is have the lion forces that are all hidden by the south gate attack Katomi's forces, whatever she's managed to pull together from the rear at that point. He sends them in with orders to kill all who cross their path. They, he, she's, he's got the forces pinned against the uh, Imperial Palace itself um, because that's in the middle of all of this. And it, it's set up for being a really bloody coup of the dragon forces. This is not a, you know, polite stand down kind of kind of thing. And, and Shouju, Shouju is encouraging this intentionally because he needs to be the bad guy. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so he's going to make this as bad as possible. And in fact, he very specifically spares Miramoto Ratsugu and give them, Mwahaha, I am so evil, Mwahaha, ah, the Shadowlands is behind me, Mwahaha, I do hope you don't tell everyone about this because you'd know my evil plans of evil. Oh no, he got away, kind of thing. Uh, so he's very specifically doing that so that because that's what he wants. He wants everyone everyone to go, oh my god, he's evil and he's with the Shadowlands. Our only hope is to unite against him. Uh, I've just suddenly realized, you could kind of, because at, at a big pivotal moment, uh, when he's when he's looking at the, the this distorted shadow on the wall, he's suddenly, right, I need to change. So he, he, he paints on his mask in black ink. And I've suddenly just wondered, has he just painted a great big mustache for him to twirl? <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible image and I'm a bad person. <laughs> it would be appropriate. Um yeah, he so he brings his troops into the palace and he is he is basically killing anybody of uh, who crosses his path. Uh it says killing nearly all the clans, yeah, there are dead of nearly all the clans and the imperial families. It is likely that the only clan that doesn't have dead people in the palace right now is the crab. Well, even they're going to have ambassadors, diplomats, um, imperial legions, probably fewer in number, but probably even them, honestly. Possibly. It just, you know. And then Shoju claims the throne. He sits on it. Mm -hmm. So 
he's done this saying, I am rightfully regent. Which is actually true. Those who defy, I am rightfully regent. Those who defy me are usurpers. Hitomi is an usurper. Everyone is usurpers. And therefore, I will do anything, including all this monstrous evil stuff, in order to make myself regent. So, again... And uh, so it's, it gives a little veneer of plausibility to it, but only a little one. Yeah, and and he is specifically calling on you know everyone. You, know, you should all you should all bow before me and bring all the champions and daimyos to swear fealty to me and all that, or he'll unleash horrors from the from the beyond the Comter Wall. Again, this is all you know. I, I must I must be the horrible villain. I must be the worst possible villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we also learn a little bit more about Kachiko here because he is thinking about her uh, as he sat down. He's written a letter to her basically confessing why he's doing what he's doing uh, in code, of course. Um, but we do learn from his thoughts that she was the oldest and she was the heir as Shishura Daimyo. But the astrologers of the Yogo said that she must become the clan champion's wife to avert disaster befalling the clan. In Old Fivar, the fact that she had been passed over was because she was a woman. So this is, a, this is an Im- improvement. It, it means that the problem was not, uh, or at least an improvement in terms of making a more uh, you know, sexually equal uh, Rokugan. Because now it's because she's had to give it up for some some prophecy. Um, it does have some ripples uh, that can come out of it. It it kind of explains why her brother Hametsu, who is the Shishoro Daimyo, has all of these feelings of jealousy and inadequacy, even though he became the Daimyo, and why he attacks her. Um, he, it seems like maybe he feels he was made Daimyo only because she had something even more important than being a daimyo to do some great destiny that that was above and beyond even being a daimyo and it could be his jealousy could be because you know that was apparent to him you know even being daimyo was the leavings <laughs> yeah which is which is one of those like you idiot kind of <laughs> kind of things i i do find it interesting that um, Shoju is hoping that Kachiko is going to be the saving of the scorpion because honestly, the last time they met, I wouldn't have, I would not have have put her in that kind of position. You know that that really wasn't. You know, she was she was in many ways doing all the wrong things, and that's why he had her exiled. I. It's possible that he has some kind of idea that she has had a change of heart, depending on how closely he's been keeping tabs on her. Or this might just be a desperate Hail Mary. Like, there is no one else left. I'm just going to have to hope. Because there is a kind of, um, I hope you've learned something from all of this, because I now abandon you to the fires of Rockgan's judgment of our clan for my sins. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of reasons why I th- I think that he could be turned to, you know, he can look at that. First of all, he has accidentally uh, set her up in a great position. He sent her away in disgrace. That is going to make it look like 
she like protested his move or something like like that. Yeah. And um that gives her a little bit of ground to stand on. Like she yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he, he, he sent, she disapproved of my plan. I exiled her and or she ran away or something. Oh, oh she can she can um she can declare essentially I had nothing to do with this nonsense. He 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 did this awful awful thing. I am absolutely and I got sent you know I was nothing to do with it. I was sent into exile over here. Nothing to do with me at all. You know, if I was any part of this, I'd have been at his side. Yeah. And, right. Maybe yeah. I even did it because maybe even sent me away because he knew I would stop him from from doing this. Uh so that gives him some uh, some her some deniability that no one else of high power in the Scorpion could really claim easily. Um, in addition, you know, he's got the yoga prophecy. Um, I mean, he knows that uh, from her, from this prophecy, uh, a disaster will ball, befall the clan and she must be his wife to save it. I mean, that's, we learned that right before. So he hears the disaster befalling the clan. This is, this is the terrible thing. Uh, so she's the one to save it. So that refers right right back to the same prophecy as well. Yeah. And finally, she's really good. She's really clever. He he never ever has doubted her skill, her ability, or anything like that. Or indeed, her loyalty to the Scorpion Clan. Or or the loyalty to the, or her loyalty to the Scorpion Clan, and that's he's uniting the Empire. Her primary loyalty is to the Scorpion Clan, but that's what he needs. That's what he's looking for. He's he's handling the Empire. Yeah, um, and she. So he's going to have to trust her that it, for the good of the Scorpion Clan, she will find a way of redeeming the Scorpion Clan in the eyes of the other clans, because that's what she would do. Because she is loyal to the Scorpion Clan. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's like one the. <laughs> The, the other thing I kind of want to talk about is this is much closer to the Scorpion Clan coup of old 5R. It's still very different, though, because this isn't just a Scorpion Clan coup. This is also a Lion Clan coup. So, um, I, like, I keep joking. I've been joking for ages about an every clan coup. And we're, we're, we're literally only three left. <laughs> you know? Uh, it's, it's it's Phoenix. Well, no, that's not true. No, no, no. It's just just Phoenix, a unicorn and crab, and that's all we've got left. And then who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, so see, I, I I think I think this gets to what we this gets to a starting position uh, for good or for ill, depending on your opinion. That puts a villain on the thr- who does not deserve it at least in the eyes of everybody, on the throne of Rokugan. Uh, you know, a villain who murdered the emperor. According to everyone in the Rokugan, yeah. Right, according to everyone. I'm not saying that really happened, but if you t- think of the old storyline kind of being like, this is how it was told hundreds of years later by some very biased uh, historian. Um, you know, some of the chaos before this, you know, we'll kind of get washed out because we d- they don't know the individual thoughts and reasons. And you would get 
something like this as history mashes the death of the emperor, the murder of the emperor and the, you know, taking of the imperial city all into one kind of event, especially if the person telling it was in a coma and kind of washes the lion out of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's similar, but it's different. And that's, that's kind of... And I, and I like that. Uh, I People have talked on the list and stuff about uh, not wanting to have this be a repeat. Uh, I think it's important to remember that the whole of Clan Wars, Scorpion, the whole of Clan Wars through the Day of Thunder took two years of AEG's L5R 20-year timeline. Okay? Just, just two years of that was clan wars. And, but the story was so powerful that if anyone says L5R, that's what they remember. That's, that's a, so you've got one powerful story. Finding a way to tap into some of that juju isn't a, isn't a bad thing. No. And, uh, you know, this, this fleshes it out so much more and makes it so more concrete and stuff than, than anything that they ever could have done in those two years or even conceived of because the, the medium was so, so new. Yeah. 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 So that this in no way implies what will happen when, if all of this finishes, you know, it, you can't say it's a disaster of the week. This is all one slow moving <laughs> explosion, if you will. Um, we're just watching it in real time. It's, it's not like you're getting one thing after another with this. I, I also think this this is quite different from what happened originally. I mean, it, it's different, similar themes, but but there are also a great many differences. So I think a lot of the the folks who were saying, "Oh, it's just the same thing again," I wanted them to do something completely different. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is, there are a lot of new people who didn't get the chance to play the old storyline, and so I think it's a bit unreasonable to say no no well i played through the old storyline so no one else gets to um and and yet there are still interesting differences the fact just the fact that we've got more than one imperial prince um kachiko's in a very different situation than she was the lion clan are in a very different position all sorts you know so i think there's plenty of room and there's 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 a, a lot of similarities for the people who need those a lot of differences for the people who need those I'm enjoying it, I have to say. I am too. Any speculation about what happens from here? Not in the least, because <laughs> there are too many. There are just way too many. I, I can't say my my prophecy book has been very good. I, I One thing, if I was going to say, what's the worst thing that could happen? And I do have to say, when looking at current things in Rokugan, and this kind of point in the story, thinking about what the, is the worst thing that could happen is not necessarily a bad idea to do. I think the worst thing that could happen is that uh, Hida Kasada finds out that the regent has Shadowlands army inside Rokugan um, at, at uh, the Castle of Learning. And because Shoju's been basically saying that. And then decides I can't fight both the Shadowlands on the wall and the Regent on it. I can't do both. Yeah. Um, so I need to go have Kuniyori somehow negotiate me a truce so I can go deal with Shoju and yeah. he leaves the wall. And that's a very reasonable 
logical thing for Casada to do given his current situation. That's not insane. He can't have he, he, there's there's no place for him to exist if he's being attacked on both sides. Yep. Difficult stuff. So that's my I don't know. Prophecy. Uh, that's it for us this week. I wanted to give a call out to our sister podcasts and our patrons. Uh, our Court Game Network has the L5R LCG podcast, our live from Tokyo podcast called Tokyo of the Five Rings, and our two actual play role-playing podcasts, Crimson Gold, Agonies, and Fortune and Strife, as well as our friends at D20 Radio. Our content is funded by the Community Discord Patreon, which supports our editing costs, as well as our website, where we long-term storage information, we have our forums, we have summaries of podcasts, great RPG tools, and for our patrons, we've got special bonus content like Adventure Seeds, early access to our AP podcasts, and you can find us online. Our website is courtgamespod.com. On Twitter, we are twitter.com slash courtgamespod. And we're on Patreon at patreon.com slash courtgame. But that's it for us this week. This is Kiki DeKaori. May the fortunes favor you. And I've been Korva. And until we meet again, keep your jade handy. Radio, where gamers roll.